0: I mean, to do that. I will not to do that. I will to Always when the sun comes shining through, to make those rainbows in my mind, when I think of you sometimes I want to spend some time with you, just the two of us, we can make it if we try, just the two of us. All right, it's just Derek and Tom. There we had our uh, second version, the bizarro version of just the two of us. Uh, Greg is golfing, I guess. Is it raining there today? Like, is it raining here?
1: Uh, I've not been outside today, but it's uh, it's not it's not <laughs> raining here. It's it's looks sunny. It looks nice outside actually, but. I'm working inside, so I don't know what it's like. Outside.
0: Uh, maybe maybe the weather's coming. It would serve him right to having to golf in the rain for for skipping out on the podcast today. But uh, anyways, let's uh, let's just get into it real quick. Let's look uh, last night's game. Uh, s- <laughs> the spread, not not. Uh, let's not talk about what happened there at the end of the game with the spread. Uh, ah.
1: That's fu- that's fucking awesome. I did not even know. I, I I went to bed. I mean, I went. I, I turned the TV off after they made the field goal. Uh, Harrison Butker, by the way, best name in the NFL right now. There. It's um, so I, I go to bed, and I just before I went to bed, I did one last check of Twitter, and everybody's freaking out about the spread. And I was like, "What the hell happened? The game was over. I didn't even realize there was still time left on the clock." So yeah, but that's kind of a rough one in Vegas. Uh, a rough one, certainly, if you were playing against the Chiefs' defense from a fantasy perspective, because that was points you shouldn't. have. Had to give up, but uh, crazy ending. Uh, an entertaining game, I will say that. I, you know, certainly Washington probably should have won that game. Josh Doxson drops a, a probable game-winning touchdown right in his hands. But an uh, entertaining game, and uh, if you're, boy, if you're an Alex Smith owner, man, oh man, just ride the wave right now.
0: Yeah, let's get into Alex Smith a little bit. I mean, obviously, he's our number two quarterback overall in our NFC, yeah. FFC scoring right now. Now, again, a lot of that's propped up by that first game against the Patriots in week one on Thursday night. But what do you think about Alex Smith moving forward? Is he a Will I mean, okay, first, is he a top 10, 12 quarterback the rest of the way? And with that, does he end up as a t- top 10, 12 scoring quarterback? I mean, if he is the rest of the way, he ends up there because he's number two now. So does he end up as a top 10 or 12 quarterback? <sighs>
1: Boy, it's so hard for me to buy into that. But, uh, you know, he has weapons. Certainly, Kareem Hunt's having a great season. We know how good Kelsey is. We know how good Tyreek Hill is. So there's options there for him. It's just hard for me to buy into him being uh, a starting caliber fantasy quarterback. But he's averaging nearly 30 points per game. Like you said, number two scorer in NFC right now. So. Just like I say, ride the wave. I, I don't I'm not convinced it can last the whole season because at some point he has to remember he's Alex Smith and that will come back to bite him in the ass. But for now, keep rolling him out there. I mean, certainly I don't think there's anything to be concerned about with the Houston matchup next week. The Texans have issues in the secondary, so keep trying him out there. Yeah, I kinda I kinda feel the
0: same way. I, I feel like he ends up maybe just outside the top twelve, maybe you know, fourteen or fifteen. I, I feel like he's just better than average. Uh, again, he's been propped yeah. up by his scoring so far, so rest of the season, he's probably just outside that top 12 threshold, uh, I think, in my opinion. Hey, how about uh, Tariq Hill? Are you getting worried about him at all? I mean, his ADP at the a- at end of the draft season was round three, round four, or, you know, late round three, early round four. You know, six targets last night, five catches, 35 yards, no jet sweeps or anything like that. They didn't get him in- involved at all. And, they, you know, Albert Wilson seems like he's coming on again. I know they have a just a bunch of guys there kind of at the wide receiver position, Kelsey obviously being the monster. What are your thoughts on uh, Tyreek Hill moving forward?
1: Uh, you know, I still like him. Uh, again, they, they ran that damn fake jet sweep, yeah. sweep a bunch of times. They re- It was a fake every time. At some point, they're going to call it up, dial it up, and, and plays will happen. He is still a big play threat. I think you know, he, he's kind of—he was going in the same range as Martavis Bryant. I think both guys are kind of those high upside big play guys. And when they hit on a big play, you're you're feeling really good for drafting them. And when they don't, it's the floor is a little bit lower than you would like. So I'm not worried about Hill. I think he's still going to be fine as long as he's healthy. There, he's still talented. He's still super fast. He's, you know, he's a. Keep in mind for the first half last night they had Josh Norman on him, so yeah. things changed in the second half, obviously, but. I'm I'm okay with Tyreek Hill. I'm not going to worry about. It. I'm just one of those days of the office.
0: Gotcha. All right, let's move over to the other side of the ball at the Redskins. Uh, Terrell Pryor finally hauls in a long touchdown pass. That that was much needed for his owners. But the rest of the wide receiving core there, uh, Jamison Crowder, hardly involved. I mean, I don't think he was targeted till the last play of the game on that shitty lateral that turned fantasy fortunes and Vegas fortunes around. Um, I mean, it looks they're getting Ryan Grant involved. He catches another touchdown pass. Obviously, Daxon's involved. They took a shot at him. You know, Jordan Reed, and Vernon Davis. What are your thoughts on Crowder moving for? I mean, he was being drafted. You know, as a number two guy in PPR
1: yeah i'm i'm shocked that uh, his his lack of involvement in the passing game at this point you know with bye weeks he's not even a bye week filler for me at this point i mean he's droppable i i wouldn't have any problems dropping him in a in a 12-team league uh right now especially again with buys and a lot of big receivers going to be out this week uh in in week number five so i'm not relying on him i don't have him anywhere but if i did I would be looking to upgrade. You can't start him. If you're not going to drop him, you certainly can't start him until we see some sign that he's going to get more involved in the passing game. Jeez, it's
0: amazing how much fortunes change in, in fantasy football. Isn't yeah. it week to week? I mean, the guy's drafted as a number two receiver a lot of times in the fifth or sixth round, and now, like you said, you can drop him if you if you have to. Um, Chris Thompson owner is probably feeling a little bit sick stomach in their uh, down in the pit of their stomach coming here. What do you think about Chris Thomas? Seven touches, 27 yards last night.
1: Well, I mean, here's what happened. No touchdowns. Yeah. He scored Four touchdowns in three games. So we saw the floor This is the floor for a guy who only gets six or seven touches a game And if he's not gonna score touchdowns or really bust a big reception, that's the floor for Chris Thompson So I think we all knew that he wasn't gonna be putting up 25, you know 30 points per game and going forward But he's still a dynamic player. You can make the argument. They should have used him more last night I think they should have but Again, keep in mind, they don't want to give him 15 touches a game. It's going to be probably no more than 10. And even in the passing game, you're talking about a guy who's ideally an RB3. He's, you know, he's a theoretic type. He's a uh, probably Jarek McKinnon now type. That type of guy, if he's not scoring touchdowns, that production comes way, way back. So just understand that. You're not panicking with him. Hopefully you knew that going in, but understand if the touchdowns aren't there, he's not an RB1. He's more of an RB3.
0: Gotcha. What about the other two guys there? Do Rob Kelly or Samaj P. Ryan do anything for you at this no,
1: point? No, no, no.
0: Uh, I'm on the same page. It's garbage.
1: Uh, that's fine. Let
0: let somebody else worry about that. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, let's move on. And we're basically, at the quarter pole of the season here, everybody except uh, the Dolphins and the Buccaneers have played four games. Uh, I just want to do a quick little segment on what I who I think are the top three at each position moving forward. Now I know in our NFFC leagues there's obviously no trading, but a lot of our guys obviously play in home leagues and leagues where they they are able to trade and stuff. And I just thought it'd be cool to look at who you and I kind of think as moving forward who are who are going to be the big time studs. Now some of them are obvious, some maybe not so much. So real quick, the quarterback position, I got um Brady one, Rogers two, Russell Wilson three. The rest of the year, what are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I can't argue with that. Russell's playing great football. They're probably going to be throwing it even more. We know who Brady and Rogers are. Maybe Breeze ahead of Russell, but you know, I, I got no problem with that order there. I think the the bigger thing is, is the drop-off after those three guys, you know, or those four guys, if you include Breeze. Is Matt Ryan get back up there? Uh, you know, can Dak Prescott get up there? Can Derek Carr get up there once he gets healthy again. These are all the guys that were being drafted, you know, just outside that top five range. So I think I'm more interested to see who rounds out than I am the upper echelon. I feel like those four guys. Let's throw Matt Ryan in there because I think as long as Julio can stay healthy, he'll be fine. I think that's your five. Gotcha. All right, running
0: back, I have Todd Gurley number one the rest of the year. I just I, I know I've listened to a couple other people and seen some, some tweets where people call it the quote-unquote gauntlet coming for him with Seattle and uh, a couple other teams coming up quick. But I right now, I have it Gurley, Bell, and Kareem Hunt moving forward, one, two, three. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, i go Bell. I mean, to me, he's still the proven guy. He's the guy we know. Uh, can put up number one running back production in PPR. We saw last week he finally got more involved and looked fantastic again. You know how I feel about Gurley. I'm a, I'm a Gurley guy, so I, I'd probably put him second and put Kareem Hunt third. He got one, and Zeke could certainly crack that sure. list as well, so as long as he can stay on the field. So, again, those kind of are the top four guys right now. The number five guy, in my opinion, is Delvin Cook, but he's not playing anymore. So yeah, I mean it's again it's who else can can move up there into that upper echelon. I think I feel pretty good about those four guys. If you've got and you know, I said this in my column this week, you very easily could have drafted Elliott and Gurley you know, because Elliot was a second-round pick, Gurley was a third, sometimes even fourth-round pick. So imagine how m- much you're enjoying life if you got those two guys right
0: Oof, you're loving it, if you, especially if you're yeah. sitting at 3-1 and one or 4-0 because oh, you're looking good the rest of the year. How about Lenny Fournette rounding out that top five? What do you
1: think? Yeah, I mean, I love him a lot. He's certainly very viable up there. Uh they, again, we've talked about this you know a whole bunch of times. Their offense is all about Leonard Fournette. It's not Blake Bortles in the passing game. So he is also involved as a receiver, as you should have expected. So, yeah, Leonard Fournette could absolutely be a top-five guy. All right, let's move on to the receivers.
0: I think this is where there may be some more uh, debate uh, Both of our guys, obviously, A.J. Green. I have A.J. Green, one, Antonio Brown, two. Flip a coin, honestly, I don't care. We've seen Brown can have some down weeks like last week when they basically fed Bell all game. So I got it, A.J. Green, Antonio Brown. I actually have Michael Thomas at number three. I know right now Stefan Diggs is a top-scoring wide receiver. Um in our NFFC scoring but i have a feeling once i mean first of all hopefully bradford gets back soon but with michael floyd coming back i think it's just another another cog in in the wheel for the vikings there and it's just to be able to spread the ball around a little more where i don't think he maintains where he's
1: at what do you think i don't think he's the number one receiver in fantasy but uh, you, you seem to be a lot more concerned about michael floyd than i am i, I think that, that's done. I'm not worried about him. I think Diggs and Thielen are their their top two weapons I think Diggs has number, a wide receiver one potential, not number one receiver There's a difference So I think he can be a top 10 to 12-ish guy uh, In that offense. Obviously you want Bradford back. The matchup is really good this week You know what? You might be feeling good about Case Keenum again On Tuesday morning because the matchup is a good one I think for him uh, So it wouldn't surprise me if Keenum played well as far as the receiver position overall, I'd still go Antonio number one. I love AJ Green. It's a tough matchup this week against Buffalo. That defense—we talked about that yesterday—that's legit. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Dalton plays against that defense and AJ Green, how he can do. Mike Evans is off to a really good start. So Jordy Nelson, Jordy Nelson, I think is number one scoring wide receiver in, in the NFC right now. So Jordy would certainly be up there as well.
0: All right, sounds good. Top five tight ends probably pretty easy. I, I have a Grousey excuse me, Kelsey, Gronk, and Ertz, uh, thoughts there? Those are top three?
1: Yeah, those are the top three. Maybe Delaney Walker at four, but yeah, those are the clear top three guys. I don't think there's anybody else even you would put ahead of those guys. Again, Delaney Walker, I think, you know, and Ertz, maybe they're, Neck and neck as the year goes on, but Kelsey and Gronk are miles above everybody else. Gotcha,
0: my sentiments, exactly. All right, so like I said, we are at the quarter poll of the NFL season. What are the biggest surprises you've seen? You know, I mean, obviously we've talked tons about our fantasy surprises. What, what are some other things you've seen maybe with some of the teams or, you know, just what's out there right now that you, you blows your mind?
1: Uh Well, as far as blowing my mind, I'm not sure anything, but uh, you know what? The Jets being a competent two and two football team. I I didn't expect that at all. I thought they'd be, you know, like a two win team and really be awful, but they have, they've been competent. You know, they, they've got Josh McCown is a professional quarterback. He's nothing great, but he's a professional quarterback. He's getting guys like Curly involved and, and our curse, excuse me. uh, And Robbie Anderson, Safarian Jenkins, Blau Powell went, bonkers this past week, Elijah McGuire had a good game, so it'll be interesting to see how they handle the running back situation, but I think they're probably, to me, the biggest surprise, that, you know, they're 2-2 and and if they win and New England loses on Thursday night, they'd be ahead of New England in the standings (laughs) in the AFC East that would be a shocker, that would be mind-blowing I mean, the Jets uh, play the Browns, so they could easily win and the Buccaneers play the Patriots, and they could beat New England so, that's what we could be looking at but the Patriots could be two games out of first place if uh, the Bills win on Sunday and the, and the Patriots lose. I mean, that's probably, the AFC East is probably the biggest shock to me. It just, it looks nothing like I expected.
0: Yeah, I agree. I was going to say Buffalo across the state there from the Jets, uh, just being 3-1, and one, having beat the Broncos um also the rams just rams being 3-1 yeah. just, just seems weird i mean they, they're a good team there i mean they've earned those wins they played washington tough right down to the end they could almost be 4-0 and so they, they've surprised yeah. me a little bit and to me it's just the, it's the uh sheer amount of running back points in fantasy i know we talk about it a lot like it's the year of the running back but it just keeps it just keeps going that way it's it's amazing to me that uh these wide receivers haven't really come back to the pa- come back to the pack and catch those running backs at this point so that's kind of been my biggest surprise
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, again, I I said this, I don't know, Monday or the other day, you've got to have a good number one running back in fantasy right now. And because the wide receivers aren't picking you up, you know, we've, there's a lot of guys that are kind of slow out of the gates right now, as much as we both love AJ Green, he's only top 20 points once, you know, in in four games, he hasn't been bad, certainly, but, and then the game flow kind of, Worked against him this past week. He had 17 points, but the game flow kept him out of the offense for the second half. But you know, bottom line is points, and I, I think that's where we're a little bit surprised is those wide receivers, those top guys, aren't really consistently picking it up. So if you don't have one of those big time running backs, or again, if you lost a Delvin Cook, it's it's going to be you're going to have to fight. It's going to be a real fight now the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, four games in with the right to reserve and uh, change our picks uh, next time we do this. Uh, who do you got as the top two teams in the AFC that you would say would meet right now in the AFC title game?
1: I still believe in New England. I mean, it's hard not to. Their offense is so damn good, and you got to figure they get better on defense. They're just they're so atrocious, you got to think they get better. And I'm, you know what? I'm going to go Denver. Denver right now is a complete defense. You can't run on them. You can't throw on them. Trevor Simeon's doing typically just enough to get you by. Demarius Thomas, there's another receiver who's off to a sluggish start, but their defense is lights out. I mean, they have faced some really good running backs to open the season, and nobody's running on this team, and we know how good that secondary is. So defensively, they're very much looking like the team that won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. That would be my number two team.
0: Uh, yeah, it's hard to to go against those. The other two teams I would say that are right now that I would take a shot at is Houston with the way uh, Deshaun Watson has turned things around there on the offensive side of the ball. They got to
1: play better on defense. Yeah, they do, but I we mean, know I, they've I got know, the players I know, there. I know they've scored. I know they've scored the last two games, but they've got to get better. I mean, they they've got to get that big-time pass rush going yep. before I can put them in Denver's class I think
0: they do get that going and the last team possibly that could could slide in there at this point I know they don't play well on the road but Pittsburgh uh Pittsburgh sitting at three and one right now um can score with anybody when they have to so those would be my two other teams I think that could get in there how about the NFC you
1: know NFC's wide open yeah. you know Greg and I were talking about this in, in the office the other day when you're looking at it from the Packers perspective there's really nobody there that i mean the i think the packer defense is putrid i think it stinks but so take that into consideration but there's nobody in the nfc to me that if you put them at lambo against green bay you would say oh yeah they're just going to steamroll green bay that's how the wide open the nfc is i mean atlanta certainly has to be recognized but they're coming off a loss they've got issues on both sides of the ball, Seattle's got major issues when it comes to the running back situation now and their offensive line, but we know what Russell Wilson can do. We know how good the defense is. In, in the AFC, in the NFC East, I mean, is it Dallas? I don't know. I don't, know if it's I don't, Dallas. I don't yeah. trust their defense. No. Is it Philadelphia? I don't trust sure. their defense. Right. Washington? I, you know, I wasn't all that impressed. Their defense played really well for 30 minutes, and then they caved. Now, I understand last night they had a lot of injuries, but still they caved. So... I'm not sure there's really one clear-cut team in the NFC much less two. I I mean the Packers are there. I guess, you know, if I, if you ha- if I had to put a gun to my head, I go Green Bay and Atlanta again, but hey, maybe New Orleans. They may have the, they got the best defense in the NFC the last two weeks, maybe they're, maybe they're the best team. Yeah,
0: I'm not sure about that. A couple of sneaky teams, uh, Lions and the Rams. Lions, uh, Lions are uh, more of a complete team than they've ever been in a long time. They're not, you know, they're not Matthew Stafford's not gunslinging, quote-unquote, as he, as he has as much in the past. And the Rams, who again, like you said, the NFC wide open. So to me, it's, it's a Packers, I think. Right now, I know they're technically a game behind Atlanta because they're both 3-1 and, and they lost to Atlanta. But you're right, if, if, if it flows through Lambeau this year, you got to put the Packers a favorite. But I think they're, like you said, wide open.
1: Yeah, I mean, I certainly like the Rams a lot. They're impressive. But again, their defense hasn't played well. So that's a problem. I mean, they're offensively, they're scoring a ton of points. Goff look, looks good. Gurley looks fantastic. But that's the defense that we all thought was going to be the strength of their team coming into the year, and their defense doesn't look good at all. So I'm very interested to see how they play this week. Yeah. This is a good test for Jared Goff at home against Seattle. I'm very interested to see if he can handle that pass defense. Obviously, the Seahawks on the road a little different than they are at home, but still a tough test for Jared Goff this week. Agreed. All right. I think that's pretty much all we got for today. We'll uh, we'll move on to the
0: baseball stuff. Uh, our overall winners tomorrow, Greg, should be here for that. Um, so other than that, we got the wild card game. My Twins tonight against the uh, at Yankee Stadium. What are your thoughts there? I I know what you're talking about. <laughs> all right. Quick prediction. Uh, twins always get blown out when they go to the Yankee Stadium, but uh, I think they get to Severino tonight. They're Still playing baseball? Yeah, Urban Santana tonight. Louis Severino. Uh, I st- Santana I stopped, I stopped goes. Santana goes six strong. Twins uh, win four
1: two. Book it. I, I lost interest in baseball in July. I bet so you did. I, I, didn't know they, I thought they stopped playing it at the All-Star. <laughs> all right. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, probably all three of us. Thanks, Tom. All right. Have a good one, guys. You too.